Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's only been the last few weeks really that pennies dropped for me that Away Days isn't the main series on the channel anymore. That that must have been a weird adjustment for you because you went full time on Away Days. I changed some of my content because someone put one negative comment with 10 likes and I was like, oh, I need to change everything. I've had a few comments where people like threaten me. I've had people like just try shout stuff, try and ruin the video. I wanted to talk about a stage in your content that you've spoken about where you're actually quite quite depressed by the, by the sounds of it and you wanted to give up doing the channel. But like if I hadn't have been in that point in 2017, I don't know where I'd be right now. Like the channel would be a lot bigger. Like things, things would have went well, I think, but I didn't because I couldn't physically leave my bed most days. Like I said, I became a gambling addict at 15. And that was obviously everything I knew. Like whenever I got money, I was like, oh, let's put a bet on. I can't remember I'd walk into school at the age of eight and I'd like always be breathing in. So people would mm. think I was slimmer than I was because I was so conscious of my weight. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football and Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Liam. I hope you had a lovely Christmas and Happy New Year. If I didn't get this edit done in time, probably the case. Happy New Year to you. I'm here with my lovely guest. He's the hot dog wearing. He is the <laughs> Porto and Leeds supporting the away day loving creator, Ellis Platten. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I think, yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> as good as as good as I can be. <laughs> That'll do, yeah. I feel like as good as you can be now is sort of that's like above that's under par. That's that's good. Yeah. How's um how was your Christmas? It was uh it was an interesting one. So we were because we were traveling. I live in Cambridgeshire, which is tier two. Then mm. I had to go to Norfolk, which is tier two. So we could actually do that. We could see one household. So we did that. And then Boxing Day, we had to rush back because obviously then things changed. So it is weird. It was almost like like we're like enjoying Christmas Day, but knowing oh, we can't really enjoy it too much because we've got to come all the way back before this tier four thing comes into place. But mm-hmm. it was nice. It was a nice escape to have a few drinks and just what I mean could do that any day of the year but like Christmas is nice to get away from the reality at the moment how was yours mum was okay yes similar for me actually where I I my town went into tier four on boxing day um so we were tier two for Christmas so we could see family um which is very lucky I saw like a lot of people online and I felt really bad for them but um so yeah we were very lucky it was okay like I realized every year that the build-up is a lot more exciting for me than the actual day. Um, I know everyone yeah. says that it almost like becomes a cliche, but when you get older every year, I realize that more and more. Um, but you know, drinking Prosecco at nine in the morning, I'm fine with it. <laughs> That's the thing with Christmas day. You sort of, you get a bit, you get like half cuts. You're almost over the edge, but then the Christmas dinner comes, which mm. sobers you up. So then you don't drink for another hour or so. And then after it, you're ready to go again. So I it's find a delicate that- balance. It is. It is all about balance as Christmas Day is. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be too too grown and then ruin the Christmas dinner, but you want to also get through the pain of having to watch Elf for the 50th year in a row. 
Oh, mate, I'd, I'd be fine with that. It's Mrs. Brown boys in my house. I'm fuming, <laughs> absolutely fuming. <laughs> um, okay, right, let, let's dive into it anyway. I wanted to talk about your content and how you've how you felt having to adapt uh, in the year that we've just had, um, not being able to do like the mega away days that have sort of boosted your platform and you sort of become renowned for. Um, yeah, how has that been? Have you been like full of ideas or has it been quite frustrating? To be honest, it's been kind of a blessing in disguise. Well, the first lockdown was a blessing in disguise because the reason I started away days in the first place I've been quite vocal for was to become a presenter or to work in football in some capacity. And when the first lockdown came, away days was growing like that. Um, like it was kind of like, it was, it was all right growth. And then lockdown kicked in and I was like, okay, this is a chance for me just to do videos to camera all the time, work on how I present. And which it was nice at first. I was like, oh, the views will be naff because no one, I'd sort of pigeonholed myself, even with the channel name, it's very pigeonholed mm. into doing this one thing. And I was like, oh, I'll just do these football shirt videos and see how that goes. And that just went mental. Like them videos were just like, there was a point during lockdown where every video I'd put out would like do like 80K views. And I'm now still trying to chase that again. But like, I think- <laughs> oh, sorry, Ellis, I've lost your video on here for some reason. Hello. There we go. Oh, there we go. I don't know, don't know what happened. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, on. as I was, as I was saying, like I was trying to, I was trying to chase these views and stuff. But I think now it's got to the point where I brought away days back at the end of lockdown, but it wasn't really away days. So it's kind of like away days has always been. You do non-league one week, the next week you do football league. So it, the non-league videos would then in turn get views because people are like, oh, well, I watched the football league last week and it was good, mm-hmm. so I watched the non-league one. Whereas now it's like you're more likely to get a stinker of a video in the non-league because it's very hard. You have to focus on yourself more because nothing really happens on the pitch sometimes. Um, so there was a few videos in a row which kind of were like that. Um, so I think lockdowns maybe came at a good time to hopefully next time we come out of it, we can just go back and do what Away Days is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a hard year. Now I'm at the point where we're in lockdown again. There's only so many football shirt mystery boxes you can open before you're no longer surprised at what you get. So mm-hmm. now I think I'm having a week or so off um, until like first week of Jan. So then I'll have a few more ideas because I think I'm a bit burnt out as well. I think I worked full time in Norwich and I moved to Ely. So I worked full time in Norwich till the end of September. So it was like an hour and a half commute. I was getting up at six every day, then getting home at half six, seven working on the way days to like 10 and then sleeping. Um, so I was very burnt out from that and then transitioning to doing just away days now. And I've got some I've got some other things that I'm working on that aren't away days related, but I, just, I feel like it's burnt out with away days at the moment. So I think having a week... I've lost you again. Why does it keep doing that? <laughs> right, strange. I'm just going to move my hands. Um, okay, yeah. So I think having a week or so off to stop the burnout is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel myself right now like, ah, uh, just, I just need a break. What about, mm-hmm. yeah, how have you found lockdown? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of similar. For me, the, uh, the first lockdown was was quite fun, actually. I sort of enjoyed it. I made a lot of podcasts. That was sort of when this sort of took shape. I started the podcast this year. Um, the second lockdown came around and it was just like quite monotonous for me. I, I was struggling to... I've, th- throughout the year, my motivation has dipped down just gradually as the months have gone by. Uh, and now I'm sort of ready for the new year, ready for to like recharge. I think Christmas has helped with that, especially. Um, 
but yeah, so it'll get him back on track. Looking forward to having a bit more structure. Um, that that must have been a weird adjustment for you because, like you said, this year uh, you you went full time on away days. So what were you doing before, and how was that transition into full time YouTuber? I suppose. Yeah, so I worked in social media and influencer marketing. Um, late towards the end, it was just full on social media marketing for a company in the haulage space which oh my god it's so boring um <laughs> like it's not what i wanted to be in it obviously i understand you have to do jobs you don't enjoy sometimes i think it was it was an odd one transitioning at first i kept the same i'd wake up at eight in the morning um and it is hard when you're full-time self-employed right because with away days what it is there's be, there'll be days when you're done by like midday and i'm sat mm. there like oh what do i do now i feel like i have to work and at that point i just I, I don't know what I do. So I just sort of plan videos. So I think that is a hard thing is giving yourself a day off because obviously with away days, I work weekends. So I do Saturday is the video and then editing it to like one or two and Sunday it goes up, which is, it's not a day's work, but you know, responding to comments, pushing out on socials all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard trying to say to myself, well, you give yourself Monday and Tuesday off because all my friends are at work, like Jody's at work. And I'm like, well, what am I, what am I doing? So it is, it is hard to get into the rhythm of giving yourself time off, I think, and feeling the need to work all the time. Because in a day job, if you only have, if you only have an hour or two's worth of work to do, you do it, but you have to sit there till five. Whereas being self-employed, you can smash out all your work, but then you still feel guilty, I guess because mm. the pressure is on yourself to get it done. But yeah, it is an odd transition, but I think I'm finally used to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. Like I've, I've, a few people I've spoke to, um, I forgot who said it. Uh, Jack, 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 mate, said it. He said that like he'd be, he could be in the pub like trying to switch off, but he'd always feel like there's like this sort of guilt overhanging you that you could be doing more. Whereas someone in like a nine to five job, they know that they're not at work during those hours. So I imagine yeah. that transition must be difficult, especially with a smaller channel like myself. Like in terms of like a video if it underperforms for someone like jack he's still smashing like 10 times the views of what one of my videos would do mm. so it's like as soon as one of my videos under if a, a video underperformer for me is doing like fifteen thousand views whereas a video underperforming for him is like two hundred and fifty thousand views so the income is like different obviously but it's probably more than the more demoralizing for him obviously he's got this massive platform whereas mm. for me it's like no one's looking at that and thinking oh he's fell off or whatever when they look at an away days video underperforming. I think the big thing for me, obviously in terms of income is that I have the deal with FOTMOB who's like an app to sponsor the videos, but obviously that pauses during lockdown. So we're kind of at a position right now where I'm lucky to have another few things, which I can announce in the coming days. That's so YouTuber, isn't it? I've got something <laughs> to announce, but um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is, it's odd. I think mm. you can't ever switch off. Like I'll lay there in bed um, and just, it's, you shouldn't compare yourself to other creators, but you'll see someone put something out that is in, in your own opinion, you have to do it as a creator is worse than what you're doing, but the thumbnails better or the titles better and the views are better. And you're like, the, the content itself is no way better than what I've just put out. How is this happening? Um, so it's about playing the game on YouTube as well, isn't it? So mm so many factors on youtube and it's just this is why i want to be a presenter for someone else and that stress goes it's never on me it's on them 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's also not normal to have like so many people sort of there watching you, watching your every move and to have so many people at your fingertips as well. Like you, it seems like you've got quite, um, quite a, what's the word? Like a, a very good community of fans pretty much. So I wondered like for a human brain to keep up with that sometimes, like that's technically most people don't have to deal with that. If, if Does that make any sense? I think I'm just I'll be completely that. honest. I'm numb to, you become, I don't know if it happens for other creators, but personally I'm numb to positive comments. Like I just mm. skip through them. You almost as a creator, I look for the negative ones. And like, so say my video has 2000 likes and whatever views, whatever, but I see a negative comment has four likes, which is just obviously, I'm just like, well, what? One, his opinion's wrong, but two, four other people agree that what is going on? And you do get like, well, everything's going wrong. Like I changed some of my content because someone put one negative comment with 10 likes. And I was like, Mm. oh, I need to change everything. And I think I'm, I think I'm just a, a real big overthinker in terms of things. So, like I do, and I know it's wrong, but I don't know. I'm I've been numb to like positivity in YouTube for like two years now. Like, I, there's only so many times you can be told what you're doing is good before you're kind of like, uh, like it's not new. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. which is yeah. obviously everyone's so nice for for leaving positive comments, but I think. And it's not until you have them stages where negativity goes through you all that then you're like, oh, so people are being nice again. Um, I think because, I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit of an idiot. No, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. I think that's that's just like a natural reaction eventually. But has it been like that for you, I'm going to say in the real world, like away from online when you're filming your videos? I imagine, was there ever like a barrier there of like um, sort of getting over some sort of embarrassment filming yourself because a lot of people um it's just like a natural reaction when people see someone filming themselves on a camera they look over and know that at a football game you're going to attract attract a few knobheads pretty much um how 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 was that for you did you ever like struggle to deal with any comments and stuff like that weirdly i didn't i i wanted to like i never i think when i first started obviously at the very start i would be very conscious like the camera would always be down at me because even though people are going to see what you're doing anyway so you may as well just make a better video i think i've done i've had a few comments of people like fretting up fretting me i've had people like um just try shout stuff try and ruin the video um but i think i kind of you know what you sign up for when you're doing what i do i mean another example was in the away day the other week a smaller creator who was like 18 started getting people abuse him and i was mm. like i've been there so I was like, just ignore it because what are they going to do? But yeah, you do get a lot of negativity. I think because maybe people make, as football vlogs, it's a very odd concept for people to try and understand. But if you're trying to just show people what a game's like, I don't think there can be too much complaints. But yeah, it is a, a bit of a hated on pastime. Mm. Yeah, I think football fans just can be a bit stuck in their ways, can't they? I guess. Yeah. For you, has that? This might sound like a really strange question, but do you ever miss football being just a hobby? Like, because now it is like it's your life and it's your work. Or are you happy that the 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 lines are so blurred that the sort of gap between work and play is sort of quite hard to to determine? It's crazy in terms of the fact that. It is my job now. It's just so mental. Like, I don't, it's not really until you talk about it where it's like, that's my job. But mm. the only thing I will say is like, 
there's more pressure now when we go to football, but something has to happen. Like if not, the video doesn't perform. Like whereas before, me and Ben would be at football, like who I go with most weeks, and we just watch the game. And if anything happened, that was great. But now it's like, well, I'm almost like recording all the time at this point because I want I need something to happen for the video or like we need to it's not less authentic but like if Ben makes a joke off camera I'll be like oh can you just repeat that on camera because mm. that would be funny for the video so I think this is the case of becoming more structured but yeah I miss I miss just there's no pressure like most football fans their day ends when the football ends whereas me it starts really like I have to edit on the way home I have to like make sure everything's sorted after then sort the video and then there's the pressure of i i don't know if there's other people get it but as soon as i put a video live i just put my phone down for like two hours like i hate like the youtube have this stupid feature where they tell you how well your video is done in comparison to your last 10 and i get so anxious trying to like, go and i just avoid that page at all costs because i know i'm like you'll put a video up sometimes and you know it's a bit of a stinker but you have to put it up because i've got a brand and it's away days and whatever um, and then you see the 10 out of 10 thing. I'm like, oh, God. Even if it's like 10 <laughs> out of 10 by like, a lot of my videos, they'll do around the same views, but like, it'll be like 200 views less. And I'll be like, why? So I think like, there's a lot of pressure. There's more pressure now for me, but that's part and parcel. I'm not complaining about the fact that my job is like the coolest job I could probably have imagined. But I think the pressure for me at the moment in terms of it becoming a job is that, I don't, I never wanted to be a YouTuber and I still don't. Like I want to be a presenter, but the problem with that is I'm not as good as other people. So it's like, I'm in this weird position where I'm like, I do away days as a job. I know it's not sustainable to do it as a job for like two or three years. So it's kind of like all or nothing at the moment, but it is a really fun position to be in. And I know if things don't go well, I can just do social media again, which is mm-hmm. hopefully for something more interesting than lorries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if it did come to that, you know, I'm sure you'd have, with the experience you've got now doing away days, you'd have surely no problem slotting into a, a football-related role if you wanted to do so. Um, do you have a favourite series to make on your channel? Because it seems like, like we've said, away days is like your your sort of bread and butter. Um, but like, but then like the shirt stuff has led to some interesting opportunities for you. Like you've done some presenting, didn't you, for classic football shirts at, yeah. at one point? But you know, I'm sure that football shirt obsession is taking you down different paths. But do you have do you have a, a, a favorite series to make? I think Away Days still is my favorite series. Like I love football shirt stuff and I love getting football shirts. But and to be honest, that's probably the main series on the channel now is the football shirts. Like if you look at the views of the videos, a football shirt video will always do 20k plus and away day. Well, like a football shirt video will always do 20k sometimes do 50k and a really good one will do 100k whereas on away days will average between 15k and 30k unless it's like a massive european one which is a series if i could do them every week it'd be great but it's still not as fun to do the football shirt stuff as it is away days and i think but i think it's only been the last few weeks really that pennies dropped for me that away days isn't the main series on the channel anymore which is hard because it's been what i've worked on for five or odd years and I always wanted a second series that I could go alongside away days. It's just, it's um, it's also very hard trying to intertwine two very different series. Like there's away days, which is I go to football. There's football shirts where I do the exact opposite, and it's trying to. They're two separate audiences in one audience, but I think 
yeah, I think away days are still my favourite of the two to do mm-hmm. anyway. But if the views continue to fall, then, you know, maybe that's a different conversation. But because <laughs> obviously, as a creator, the views do factor in your enjoyment of something, I think, because it's you have to look at them. And it's, yeah, that's the only thing I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, as Away Days is your favorite series to create, I wanted to run through some questions quickly to sort of get your opinion on on your away day experiences. So just say whatever comes to your head and maybe okay. we'll dissect a few. We'll, we'll see how they go. Um, the best atmosphere? Uh, FC Porto against Benfica was pretty mental. That, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that did look good. Yeah, that did look good. Uh, worst atmosphere? Oh, Chelsea. Ooh. <laughs> Interested, yeah. I've been to a Chelsea game once actually to watch Sunderland in the away end for some reason, and it was dreadful actually. The stadium was rubbish as well. I thought it's just it's just one chant on loop. Like, I get, mm. I'm friends with a lot of few Chelsea fans, and like, nothing against them. It's just you need something more creative than just saying Chelsea over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's also, I, I love how you've been adopted by Porto as well. <laughs> You're um, well yeah. received over there. Yeah, that's odd. It's um, I think Portuguese football is just so interesting. Like they, I don't think Porto fans realize like in England they are a big club. Like I growing up, they won the Champions League, and like most people in this country know of them. But mm. I don't think they realize that. So when I went over there, they were like, "Ah, oh, this English guy is showing an interest in us." And I was like, "Yeah, but <laughs> we all know who Porto are. Like mm. every football fan does." So yeah, it is just mental. Like it's like. But, and also, that's something I realised, I think this will be, the first, I know that sounds really entitled, but the first year I haven't been there in like five. So that's something that is a shame because I do genuinely love going there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully next year. Yeah, I'm sure they'll welcome you back with open arms. Um, <laughs> what about the best game? The best game you've been to? Charlton-Oxford was mental. When Oxford won in the last minute, that was crazy. Oh, lovely stuff. And the most boring game? Um... I can't even remember who they played, but it was Barnet a few years ago. They didn't they they <laughs> lost one nil in the FA Cup, maybe against someone Morecambe, Hartlepool, mm-hmm. someone stupid. And I just remember, like, I think I I said to Ben at half time we should leave because nothing's going to happen, and still nothing happened. That they're, <laughs> they're, they're awful. When you get like a nil nil, you go all the way to somewhere and just watch a nil nil draw. It's properly mundane. Mm-hmm. And this one is definitely in your wheelhouse. The best food. Oh. Um, I once had a peppered steak pie at the Emirates, which I can still remember. That was nice. that Norwich's pies are good. Like to be fair to Delia, and <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say probably the peppered steak pie at the Emirates is one I remember the most. Okay, okay, I'll have to try that next time I'm there. And you probably see where this is going now. Worst food. Ah, uh, who was it the other week? I gave it a one out of ten. I forgot who it was. Ah. Uh, it was awful. It was like a a hot dog. I think it might have been Dorking Wanderers. I had a hot dog that just was just rancid. But that's the thing with football food. A 10 out of 10 in the football is probably about 5 out of 10 in the real world. That but is I, true. I think yeah. Dorking Wanderers, uh, this hot dog was just abysmal. Mm-hmm. Ugh, grim. Uh, and the favourite city or town that you visited? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rule Porto out with this one. Um, I like North- Prague. There's a lot going on in Prague. You get mm. a massage wherever you want. Um, nice. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, you sounded like such an such an old man. Then it's like you gotta get a massage wherever you want. (laughs) Yeah, Prague. I like Prague. Okay, and one city or town that you would never return to. (laughs) Probably Lisbon, because yeah, I know I'm not allowed to say better Lisbon, because I wow. Yeah, I never felt more unsafe anywhere. Mm, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, okay, lovely stuff. There we have it, folks. All the places that Ellis Platten hates or adores. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's let's move on. I wanted to talk about a stage in your content that you've spoken about. I think it was towards the end of 2017 or maybe 2018, um, where you, you spoke you spoke about it quite recently, um, where you're actually quite quite depressed by the by the sounds of it, and you wanted to give up doing the channel at mm. multiple times. I'm curious to hear how you think you got into this negative cycle and or if you think it was just like a, a string of small self-destructive uh, sort of choices, yeah. really. I think in terms of like my, it starts definitely all sense from childhood, like I had a really odd upbringing. Like there was things going on in my life which were just really odd. Like, for example, like I played for Norwich when I was younger, something like the age of like eight or 12, which is a really, I think is a crucial age mm. but i didn't before i got in at the age of eight at the age of seven i didn't get in because i was considered too fat or like too large or whatever the world was i wasn't fit enough at the age of seven and i was a goalkeeper so i wasn't even fat i was a bit chubby so i think um like over time like one of my parents would always bang on to me about my weight and that i was fat and stuff like that so then i got into my head like i remember i'd walk into school at the age of eight and i'd like always be breathing in so people would think mm. I was slimmer than I was because I was so conscious of my weight. So then that spiraled. And by the age of 11, I was bulimic. And so like, but I didn't know I was really. It was weird because I wasn't like putting, you know, when you think about bulimia, you think about people, mm. but that's not how it works for me. Like if I just get really stressed, like suddenly I feel like this heavy weight on my chest to then I, like, I can just naturally do it. Um so by the age of 11, I was bulimic and I had real big confidence issues in terms of like my body, like couldn't, I still can't really ever walk around without a shirt on, like if a top fits too tight. I don't know if you've seen my videos, I always wear like a size up. Like sometimes I'll be wearing a, a shirt or an item of clothing, which is clearly too big for me, but because that'll be because I've worn the size down and it just feels like everything, if anything's too tight on me, then like, I feel like everyone's looking at me and like, they think I'm being really large. Which, when you say it out loud, is really stupid. But anyway, no, I know what you mean because, like, football shirts are also quite a clingy material normally. Mm. So, no, no, I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um. So then, like, I got to a stage where, like, I was been bulimic from between the age of eleven to about twenty. Oh no, I forget how old I was in 2017. But basically, it was really bad that year. Like 2017, I just got my girlfriend um, to. I, I still I still hadn't told at the start of the relationship that I was bulimic or had issues with my body and stuff like that. But also alongside this, at the age of 15, I don't know if I can say this, but at the age of 15, I became a, addicted to gambling. Like, And it was like, because I've, I've skipped so many things there, actually. Let me go back a bit. Like, mm. um, So when I was in Norwich, I got and then got into the academy because I'd lost a lot of weight. But then, like I remember, I think basically a year at the age of seven, I didn't really eat because... I wanted to get into Norwich so badly. Um, but then also at this same time, one of my family members was dealing with like uh, a family member that I'd see quite a lot was an alcoholic. So 
I remember you'd go around their house at the age of eight and you'd be like this horrible sinking feeling going into your stomach, wondering whether they were going to be sober or she was going to be like with it. And you'd walk in and like basically 90% of the time you saw this person, they would be an alcoholic. And I think at that age, it's kind of just normal, but it's not until you think like the effects you it has on you of seeing someone you love, like drink themselves to death in front of you is really, is really painful. And I remember there was one time I went to train with Norwich um, and I found that they'd hidden a bottle of gin in their cupboard to hide it from people. So I remember taking it and putting it in my tracksuit and going to train at Norwich at the age of eight. I just had this bottle of gin with me <laughs> to stop this fanny member drinking. I remember just throwing it in a bin there. I don't know how that never got found at Norwich's training ground, just a bottle of gin. Um, but anyway, so then moving on, like, at the age of 12, my parents divorced and it was quite a messy divorce, like financially and everything. Like, so I then basically lost my mother, like she's still alive, but didn't speak to her, never really speak to her again. So like losing that, I think is key at that age. Like I was 12, no longer spoke to my mother, um, like at all really. So like you then lose that nurture side of it. Like my, I really get on with my dad, but it was never like, it was always like football or life stuff. It was never like, Kevin, I, w- I think I said to Jody when I got with her for the first time, I was like, like I don't think I've been hugged since I was like 12. So then you lose that human connection and you lose that warmth for feeling what like stuff should be like. And like even to now, like I don't really have a perception of human emotion, to be honest. Like it's really, it sounds really horrible, but it's almost like not sociopathic, but you just, you feel like you don't connect to people as much because I just think I didn't have that when I was younger. Like everything was sort of a bit of a mess. Um, hmm. So then I got to the age of like back into 2017, a lot of things had spiraled. Like I said, I became a gambling addict at 15. And that was obviously everything I knew. Like whenever I got money, I was like, oh, let's put a bet on. Never with the intention of winning. I don't really think. I was like, I'd win a lot of money at times and also I'd lose it. So it was like, whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of where I'm going with this. So then I got to 2017 and then obviously the bulimia was bad. Um, so like basically whatever I ate, like, and I, I don't think I realized at the time, but when you bring up everything you eat, you then have no drive to do anything. Like, so like I had no energy. I couldn't do anything at all, really. Um, and it got to the point where like before this point, away days was like the vlogging channel, like Fogden didn't, didn't do vlogs at that point. Like he, he started, like I was the first to really do it as a channel. So like it was going like that. And then all of a sudden it just stopped because I'd upload like maybe once every four weeks or something. So like if I hadn't have been in that point in 2017, I don't know where I'd be right now. Like the channel would be a lot bigger. Um, like things are, things would have went well, I think, but I didn't because I couldn't physically leave my bed most days because of like just being stuck in this rot of negativity and just, I don't know, it was a horrible position to be in. Um, mm-hmm. But then slowly but surely, like I stopped the gambling, like haven't put a bet on since like 2017 which is a big factor in terms of having the money to do things and then get out of the house more. Cause it's a weird thing when you're like suffering with depression, but like you literally don't want to leave the house, like leaving the house seems like a massive task. So like, I think it's slowly, but surely getting out of that phase was, was pretty massive for me. Um, and now we're at this point where things, things are good. I think better mm-hmm. than they were anyway. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Wow. Okay. So okay, a lot to, to sort of touch on there. 
Um, yeah, I completely agree with what you mean, like just sort of just leaving the house when you're in that that state of mind. It feels like an absolute mission. And for me, that's when I have to really lower all of my expectations. So I throw everything else out out the window, like all my goals or work that I was I was doing, because simply getting up and making a cup of tea that can feel like an absolute mission. But I, I when I lower those expectations. I'm able to sort of uh, sort of celebrate those those little things. I don't know if, yeah. don't know if that really makes sense. Um, how, I agree with you. With the the gambling thing, I think that's that's something that that is, is such a controversial issue. For well, it's not really controversial. I mean, it, the fact that it's so embedded in the culture of football, um, especially in the UK, it saddens saddens me really. I hate seeing like betting sponsors and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's quite scary actually. How yeah. did you sort of get out of that was that a, a long process or were you able to, to do it quite quickly i think it was a very long process i think like there was a it got to the point where jody my girlfriend realized not i don't think she ever really still doesn't really know the extent of how bad it was but like she was beginning to realize that ah oh, he's betting all the time like he's just always gambling and it was like she she was never it was never a position where she was like you need to stop gambling or I'll leave you but it was kind of like i could see it was beginning to affect her and um like i like the only the only human at the time that i really felt like i could connect with or talk to was her and i could see that my actions were draining her and making her feel worse about her life and i was like okay so this this really is bad um so that was a huge thing and the, the problem was like you tell yourself when you're a gambling addict the next bet will be the last one i'll just do one more bet i do i can do one more but it never happens so for me, I never told myself I'm going to do one last bet. I just said to myself, okay, so try and get to three days. And then after three days, it's like get to three weeks. The getting to three weeks is harder than getting to three, but getting to three weeks is much harder than getting to three months. After three weeks, it's kind of like, I just don't do this anymore and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, a lot of pretty much all of my friends, they'll put an acker on every once in a while, but it'll be like a, what I would call like a more, um, that's just a, quite a big one, really, like a five pound stake on it. Yeah. Like I've I've never really never really done that. I did when I used to work when I was like eighteen to twenty, and I worked on Saturdays uh, in the job that I was working at. It, it, I did a, a like a one pound knacker just to help the afternoon go a bit quicker. But I've yeah. always sort of refused to to really buy into football betting, and I think that's partly from what you've you've gone through there. That's sort of the reason I feel like I could quite easily become addicted to it like a lot of people do but also because football betting is painted in such a different light to other forms of betting it's i think it's harder for people to realize that they do have a betting problem when it's football related because to them it's exactly the same as going to the game watching the game it's part of it it's part of the experience they're not they don't have to go out like to a casino and like they're not seeing the money leave their hand when they're when they're paying for stuff if that makes sense yeah it does and i think the problem with football is like we all like to think of ourselves as knowledgeable about about it. And that's how the gambling companies win because they know you can be as knowledgeable as you want about football, mm. but it's a, it's a sport where unbelievably stupid things happen all the time. Like, West, like loads of people would have had money on last night, Bamford to score first for Leeds. And then West Brom's defender goes and passed it in his own net. Like mm. the gambling companies, I know it's so cliche, but the reason they are how they are, and there's so many of them, is because they never lose. They, they won't mm. lose. And it's just, that's the reality of it. There's so many markets. You can bet on corners, you can bet on cards, you can bet on throw-ins. 
you can bet on if there'll be a goal kick in the next minute. Like, there's so many stupid markets that they'll never lose. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, on your channel there on your YouTube channel? Do you ever get approached by like betting companies to 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 sponsor you and, and stuff like that? I have in the past. Um, I maybe I don't know. If they should though, because I think you have to be 25 to work with them. But right. I think I definitely did. I can't remember, but I feel like I worked with one when I used to gamble. But mm. I can't remember. But even still, yeah, it's really shady of them to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's again, that's just so surreal. Very manipulative as well. I yeah. think. Um, you spoke about uh, like bulimia and body dysmorphia, which is something that I think a lot more people suffer from, especially men. A lot more people suffer from than people really probably realise. So how that must have been a, a, a very long process to to sort of snap out of. I sort of went through something similar. I lost a lot of weight when I was like I was a bit older though. I was I don't know if. 18, 19, I lost a lot of weight quite quickly, too quickly. Like I shouldn't have done it that quickly. And then all of a sudden I had these, I had food labels in my head if something was good or if it was really bad and I should stay away from it at all times. That's sort of what I developed. For me, I couldn't, I I can't really make myself sick or I don't throw up really. Like it's very rare yeah. unless I've got food poisoning. So I... I tried a few times though, so I think yeah. if I if I could do that successfully, I wonder sort of where that would have would have taken me down. But there's also there's other ways to do it. You can over exercise to try and make up for something small that you've eaten. But um, how? Yeah. So how? Sorry, very long way of asking. How did you manage to to get out of that mindset? I'm I'm not really out of the mindset of body dysmorphia. Like in terms of bulimia, I, it's very rare because I, I realized in terms of like, it can actually kill you in terms of like, it can ruin like, your insides. Like you're bringing up acid all the time and it can genuinely do yourself really bad damage mm-hmm. in terms of um, body dysmorphia. I just think, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's ever something I'll ever shake. Like it's like a Christmas, this time of year is the worst for hundred percent. My birthday is late September. Then there's Halloween, which I'm not sure that's relevant, but then there's Christmas <laughs> and this time of year, um, like I just find myself struggling to do anything because like, I don't know, it's like I, I can't feel like I can eat a lot and like I don't. And then like you feel like your clothes get a bit tighter on you because you've eaten more. It's like natural. But for me, it's like all I can think about. Um, so it's hard. Like even Christmas Day, like to an extent, you're like, I can feel everyone's out there talking. And I'm just there like, like, and I know no one else notices, but it's like, it's a, it's a me, it's a battle of me. And I don't, I don't really know how I get out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, it is a hard one. But the problem is though, like I've never wanted like a muscly physique or like to be massively toned. So I don't really know what it is because I think I'd look stupid personally if I, if I was to look muscly, like no one wants to see that. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't really know if there is ever a route out of it, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I, I tweeted about this actually, I think yesterday about how, I think men are behind women by quite a long way, actually, in terms of like body positivity. We're not, we don't do that. Like I, I see quite often girls that are girls that I know I went to school with. They'll post pictures with their, with their, with their bodies out, sort of exposing all their imperfections, if you can call them imperfections. And people like really get behind them and sort of support them in doing so. Whereas I, I've, I've never seen a, seen a guy do that. Maybe it does happen. But um, I think it's more of a, a taboo subject and like an advertising as well. Like you never see, apart from like a fucking Giacomo advert, um, yeah. which, you know, you never really see like bigger set guys or people of different shapes and sizes 
Um, so it's not really a surprise that someone can quite easily develop that mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, right. Uh, sorry, I forgot, completely forgotten where I was on here. Um, how are you sort of keeping at the moment? How do you keep yourself well mentally? Do you have like any things that sort of help you in your day to day or on a weekly basis? Uh, I don't know. Like I haven't, because it's weird because I go through stages where if, if I get to the point where I'm being really short or I can tell that like, my temper's bad, then I'll just go for a walk. But like, I don't really ever really need to leave the house, which is bad. I think like there's never really a day where I, I have to leave the house. So I'm becoming quite lazy, I think, at the moment where I don't leave the house. Or So I think I need to work. I need to work better on it, to be honest, at this point. Like I'm fine, but I know that if I continue to not leave the house and it's not because I don't need like I don't want to it's just like there's no need for me to mm. um and it's cold <laughs> so uh I need to be better at keeping myself sane but I think having something that you're really passionate about and working on I think I'd be worse right now if I was working from home on something I hated but yeah. because I know I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in it makes this like situation quite uh, a, a lot easier than it should be mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I know what you mean. I think I was supposed for you, it, maybe it's a bit different, but a lot of people this year have adjusted to working at home. And now yeah. you, that's sort of what you know anyway. Like I, I know me, myself and a lot of my friends, they struggle to work at home. Have you ever, throughout like the lockdowns, has that been an issue for you, for you so much? Or is it? do you have like a structure in how you do the work that you do have? Well, when I worked for that company before, I'll be completely honest, I was kind of slacking and doing away day stuff while working for them but mm. because that was because like i said i could get my work done in about three or four hours and then and, and I, I knew i was leaving they knew i was leaving so it's kind of like well you know i there's only and also like at the company i was at I was really didn't feel valued at all so it's mm. kind of like so i i think i was doing work it was just maybe wasn't the work that i was paid to do at that point yeah yeah, I know. What you, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, okay, right, I've, I have a few, a few more questions to go through before we round this off. I wanted to touch on your your other half, uh, Jody. Was it? Sorry. Yeah, Jody. Yeah, you've spoken about her and how supportive she she's been of you. Is she a football fan? Because if not, well done to her for dealing with some trips to the arse end of nowhere, dedicating those city breaks to her uh, to watching games. No, she's not a football fan. <laughs> I, I don't think she was with me. If she wasn't with me. She wouldn't have ever went to a football game i don't think mm. um but yeah she's fair play to her she's really she does get involved which is craziness like people are always like ah oh, like why is why does jody come i'm like i don't know <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's pretty incredible people have called for more couples content as well haven't they yeah i think this is the problem right now right like any video i put in with her will always do better but you know it's not it's very hard to think of ideas about football where because she doesn't really care and like people are like oh she's an idiot she didn't know who scored the winner in like the 2002 world cup I was like oh she doesn't like football like so how should she yeah, know um so i think there is there is scope for us to have our own channel we have filmed the video for our own channel it's just that i filmed it before we filmed it just before christmas and it's kind of like can't really be bothered to edit it at the moment so that i think in the new year we'll have our own channel where we just talk about life stuff but that's boring they're so played out in terms of like a couple of, ah, oh, oh, where did you two meet? So it's like, um, I don't know. I, th- I think it, there is there is a position for us on there though, because we're quite, we go at each other in terms of like, 
we don't ever try and be like, oh, life's so perfect. Like on camera, if you have a disagreement, we'll just leave it in the video because it's funny. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not too polished. You don't want anything to be like, oh, look how amazing this relationship is all the time. You'll, you'll yeah. end up looking like one of like the old school vlogger YouTubers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Do you have any, apart, apart from your channel, like you've touched on wanting to do other stuff, how would you sort of describe your other ambitions away from uh, your Away Days channel? Is it, is it solely presenting that you want to go into or are there any other things? I don't really know because like, I do love presenting and I love being in front of the camera, but I don't, I'm also aware that it's a very hard space to be in. Uh, I'd love to work on the media team for a football club or something along them lines, but the ambition purely right now is to be a presenter, but it's very hard knowing even on YouTube and that's like outside of YouTube is probably even more talented people, but on YouTube right now, there is some really talented people like, and you see them and they're like, obviously to camera, they're better than me, but my niche is that it's like not too serious, which in football is quite hard to get a job because you know, it's, it's very serious. Like if you look at the like studio sort of six men in suits, which are like, oh, we're going to talk really seriously about this match. So I don't know whether there is a scope for me to do what I do right now. I think if I was to present for, uh, maybe I have something to announce soon, but like in terms of like in five years time, I, don't, I couldn't picture me to be the kind of guy that sits in a suit and talks very seriously about football. Whereas like, cause I, I just think I've pitched, not, not pitched old, I'm just myself. Like, I don't think I could do that. Like I'm very lighthearted in the stuff that I talk about and the content is never takes itself too seriously. Whereas I think a lot of football coverage takes itself far too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, but there's always going to be a place for that, for that sort of lighter side of it. And that's, I think yeah. that's the, the beauty of YouTube. It's sort of changed that, that landscape slightly. Um, okay, I have a few more sort of long ball questions, I call them, sort of quick fireish, but we can go into into any that you wanted to touch on. Okay. Um, and that's how we'll, we'll round this session off. Uh, okay, what is one thing that you couldn't live without? Thing or person. <laughs> okay, person, you, you're going to say, Jody. Brownie points. Yeah. Uh, a, th a thing? Ah, uh, a laptop so I could play football manager. Okay, okay. I've I just haven't bought into football manager. I feel like I need to try it. This this year seems to be the year that everyone has got it. You need to um get through the first season. The first season's a bit of a the first season's always the worst because you can't really make your stamp on a squad and you kind of then after the first season you're like, ah, this is my team now. So yeah, okay. football manager on a laptop. That makes sense. And do you have any New Year's resolutions for yourself or for your channel? Hmm. Uh, what? Um, maybe get into more of a routine, I think, is one, especially right now. Like, because it's like when you're self employed, like, and some of my mates are back at work already, but I'm like, it's, in my mind, it's still Christmas. So it's like, mm. I've given myself this this week to do nothing, but I do need to get into more of a routine after, like, from the second onwards, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got that guilt sort of hanging over you now from the Christmas break. Yeah, exactly. Um, what guidance would you give a 13-year-old Ellis? Um, don't take... Um, maybe don't... At school, I think, was maybe one. Don't try and fit in as much. Just because, uh, yeah, maybe I was with the wrong crowd. Not even, like, one doing drugs or anything. It was more like a 
just of a crowd of people where maybe I was the butt of the joke too much. Um, so maybe that would be one where I would just fit in with people who I could actually talk to and not who I felt like I had to talk to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if this pandemic lifestyle that we've sort of acclimatized to living, if that disappeared and you could do anything instantly, don't worry about logistics or the, like a, a cooling period for the virus to, to stop. If you could do anything now, what would you do? Go to bloody Florida. Like we had it planned for like two years and then the year we finally get to go, we've been planning it all like our relationship with Jody is like, oh, we'll go to Florida one day, plan to go to Florida, pay to go to Florida, then a bloody pandemic hit. So mm. first thing I'll do would be to go to Florida and just get that done. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. And the last question of the podcast today, what about yourself are you most proud of? Uh, I think the fact that I'm fully like away days is fully self-made like it's never never really collaborated with anyone never really been given too much advice from people um like would walk to the train station myself which is like a 40 minute walk in the winter and stuff to make sure i could get a video done so i think the fact that a lot of what i've done is self-made like it's never never really had much of assistance with it i think that's why i'm most proud of the pack the fact is here because like because it's it was all me mm-hmm lovely stuff ellis i've got to thank you so much for coming on today um i've, I've learned no a lot more about you than, uh, than i thought i would to be fair so thank you for coming on and sharing your story yeah no worries at all thanks for having me i love i love the podcast and i love how you've got people to talk more about serious things that you wouldn't really hear like people talk about mm-hmm exactly lovely stuff and to the listener thank you for joining me on the football and feelings podcast i'll see you again soon take care hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.